inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Living Life Like It Matters, or you could say Like It Matters Radio, right? And if you don't know why I said Living Life Like It Matters, because we have a bi-weekly podcast. Lee and I were just talking about that. So not only do you get a daily radio show, Like It Matters Radio, where you can hear around the world All you got to do is go to uh, freedom1570.com and from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Central Standard Time, anywhere in the world, you can be listening just to live stream right here and listen to us. But we also have a podcast, bi-weekly podcast, that is twice a week. Uh, Mondays is Storytime with Mr. Black, where I give you a short, powerful, pithy little story with some meaning behind it, with some application. And then on Thursday, it's a full episode, sometimes a radio show with extra content, sometimes it's brand new content that no one's ever heard. Uh, And so today... That's what I want to talk about. Today, I want to merge the two together. And today, we're talking about the three M's of L-L-L-I-M. Isn't that great? Boy, there's a lot of M's and there's a lot of L's. But the three M's of L-L-I-M, what that means is I love a good pattern, don't you? Right? The good pattern. And so I'm going to teach you a pattern today. And the L-L-L-I-M is living life like it matters. Because what greater cause is there in life than to live your life like it matters? And I'm going to tell you, you know, Dr. Covey used to talk about beginning with the end in mind. And I'm going to ask you something. And you should ask yourself this on a regular basis. How do you want it all to end? No, I'm not talking about ending your life. I'm talking about when you do take your last breath. And you're getting ready to go find out if there is a God. How will you know if what you did was worthy? When you come to the very end, how will you know if your life had value? When it's all done except the eulogy and the flowers, how will you know? What do you want said about you? How do you want to be remembered? What do you want your spouse to say about you? What do you want your children to say about you? What do you want your producer to say about you? (laughs) Right? And see, if you don't pose those questions, then when it comes to that day, uh, you're going to have a lot of regret. You're going to have a lot of resentment. You're going to have a lot of resistance. And ladies and gentlemen, nobody wants that for anybody else. And so today I want to go into what I believe are the three M's that you need to live your life like it matters. And before we do that, I want to just show you another pattern. I talk about this pattern all the time and it's called want it, create it, live it. But you know what all these things need? They need a belief system. See, everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And most people are not emotionally involved with their lives. And ladies and gentlemen, if you can't be emotionally involved with your life, then who can? 
You got to begin with the end in mind. And by the way, that is what Dr. Covey told us about writing a mission statement. See, that's the power of a mission statement. You, you, You project yourself in the future. You see yourself accomplishing this grand mission, this grand plan. And then you, you, what does that you look like? What does that situation sound like? What does that situation feel like? You got to begin with the end in mind. And just like that's the best way to create a mission statement, that's also the best way to create a life. Remember, Genesis 1-1 was in the beginning. God created. I always tell people, stop right there. Because our first introduction to God is as creator. And then 25 verses later, Genesis 1.26, it says, let us make man into our image, under our likeness. Don't you hear it? We were made in the God class. And as we learned in Genesis 1.1, what is God? We were meant to create. We are, we were meant to create. And here's the question. What are you creating? Are you creating a, a, a way for people to find God? Are you creating a a way for people to reach their potential? Or are you creating pain and misery and agony? I don't know who wrote this, but it's so true. I dreamed death came the other night and heaven's gate swung wide. With kindly grace, an angel ushered me inside. And there to my astonishment stood folk I known on earth. Some I judged and labeled as unfit or of little worth. Indignant words rose to my lips, but never were set free. For every face showed some surprise. You know why? Because no one expected me. (laughs) I heard that when he wind up in heaven, that there's going to be a couple surprises. Number one, that you're there. And number two, uh, who's not there? And see, ladies and gentlemen, it really comes down to a belief system. And I don't care. I can show you all the patterns in the world, but they have no value if you're not willing to believe. That's the key. And so there are three steps to becoming your dreams. I'm going to tell you right now, it's want it, create it, live it. And want it's about desire. You got to be stirred up. We got to be the opposite of James Bond. Don't shake me, stir me, because I will not be shaken. When was the last time you were stirred up in a good way? When was the last time you were stirred up to do something different in life? When was the last time you were stirred up to be a better spouse or a better parent? When was the last time you were stirred up to quit accepting good enough? See, that's what want is about. You got to have desire. What do you want so bad that you're willing to be uncomfortable? What do you want so bad that you're willing to risk looking like a fool? What do you want so bad that you're willing to not be accepted and do the right thing anyways. See, that's desire. And that's what want is about. You gotta have desire. You gotta have creative discontent. You gotta have some you gotta want something that you don't currently possess right now. And I'm not talking about things. No, because things rust, things fall away, things can be lost. But relationships and impact, oh, those are eternal. And so once you know what you want, you're emotionally involved and you're you're stirred up, then you gotta create it. You got to, you got to create it and under credit, you got to, again, begin with the end in mind. What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? You have a right side of your brain. It is all those special endowments that make us human being. It's creative. It's conscious. Uh, it, it, it is emotive. 
That is the right side of your brain. That's what makes us human. Your left side of your brain is all, where you store everything. It's the verbal side, the logical side, the analytical side. It's where you measure three times and cut once. But it is the right side of your brain where you think outside the box. It is the right side of the brain where you go to places you've never been before. It is the right side of your brain that gets you stirred up to be more, to do more, to hope more. But you've got to begin with the end in mind because if you don't think it's real, you won't give everything to it. And most people don't accomplish a goal because they don't make it real. And things that are real are things we can see, things we can hear, things we can touch, and if possible, things we can smell and things we can taste. When was the last time you made your dream real? When was the last time you made being a better spouse real? When was the last time you made being a better parent real? What does that look like? What does that sound like? What does that feel like? And if possible, what does that smell like and what does that taste like? And then the last part is you got to live it. You got to work the plan. You got to walk the talk. You got to make it matter. And see, that's the key. You got to identify your patterns in life. You got to have some hope. You got to have some belief. And then if you're lucky, you have a good life caddy that might show up on the radio for an hour a day, give you an hour of power, something called Like It Matters Radio. So that way you're never alone. That way you're always encouraged. That way you're always aware of the toolbox and the potential you have. And that... Life Caddy? Why, that's me. I am Mr. Black, and today we are talking about the three M's of living life like it matters. We'll be right back. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and we are back. And you know what's so cool? You know what today's radio show is all about? It's about you. Isn't that cool? How many times in your life have you been told it's not about you? And how many times have you been told by your life caddy, Mr. Black, it's not about you? Remember rule number one about being a leader? It's not about you. And see, at this is what we do on the radio. This is living life like it matters. This is like it matters radio. It's a mindset. It's an attitude. It's a belief system. And there are times to, to, to don one belief system that serves you well, and there are times to put on a different belief system, depending on what you want, depending on who you are, depending on what your outcome is. See, leaders, we've got to remember requisite variety. I love that concept. Think about it. The element in a system with the most flexibility has the most power. 
you just need to swirl that around your mouth like a good what's a, a, a sommelier, whatever that wine taster is, right? You know, like you you swirl in that wine around the glass, you and you stick it up to get the olfactory sense of it, and and then you put a little in your mouth and you swish it around and you you let it slowly dissipate into your right. You do that with some sour grapes. You do with that some with some fermented little uh, fruit. But what about your life? What about the word of God? And see, everything starts with BS. And man, I learned this so long ago. This is why parents, you gotta understand the BS that you're putting in your kids. You gotta understand the BS of your family. You've gotta understand the BS in your corporation. Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day and do it again and again and again? What is your BS? And every time I say that, you've been conditioned to hear something that I'm not saying. I'm not talking about cow pies. Nope. I'm talking about belief system. Everything we do or do not do is driven by belief system. I use a phenomenon to explain how we work. I love the placebo effect. So I have an article in front of me by Kara Feinberg uh, from Harvard Magazine. Uh, it was a 2013. It's called the Placebo Phenomenon. Uh, and it talks about this Dr. Kapchuk, an associate professor of medicine. And he spent his career studying the mysterious human reactions of the placebo. And I want to share just with you this excerpt from this article. It says, but researchers have found that placebo treatments, in other words, interventions with no active drug ingredients, can stimulate real psychological responses from changes in heart rate and blood pressure to chemical activity in the brain. In case involving pain, depression, anxiety, fatigue, and even some symptoms of Parkinson's. Isn't that incredible? And so the placebo effect is actually many effects woven together, he says, some stronger than others. And that's what Dr. Kapchuk hopes his pill versus needle studies show. See, we've always studied uh, the placebo effect, but we never understood why. Why? What is happening in our bodies? What is happening in our brains? In the, in the method of placebo delivery, whether it be a pill or a needle, even in the room where placebo treatments are administered, are the physical surroundings calming? Is the doctor caring or curt? And so he did an experiment. And this experiment was the first to tease apart the components of placebo response. That's what we call it, placebo response. If you know what it is, they take a group of people, and they give half the people a sugar pill, a water pill. No medicinal value at all, but they tell them they're getting a pill. And then a group of people get the pill. And you know what? It's somewhere upwards of 50% of people that get no medicinal value, but believe, they believe they're taking medicine. 50% get better. And so they want to study why. And so what, what Kapchuk did is he had a research. So he spent 15 years and they're dissecting placebo interventions, treatment that prior to the 1990s had been studied largely as foils to real drugs. And so what he wanted to do is show that in, in medical science, I don't know if you know this, to prove a medicine is effective, pharmaceutical companies must show not only that their drug has the desired effect, but that the effects are significantly greater than those of a placebo control group. 
Isn't that amazing? So in other words, what this is saying is that those person that got no medication, the people that got the medication should perform better than those that got no medication. I know that sounds silly, but can I tell you something? It doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't. And so Kapchuk wanted to explain why what was going on. And see, he has this great quote. He said, we were struggling for years to increase drug effects while no one was wanting to figure out the placebo effect. He said, what if we figured out the placebo effect? And so what he did is he started this Harvard-affiliated hospital, and he created something called a program in placebo studies. Phenomenal. And what he did is he wanted to take a look at the rest of the healthcare box. Kapchuk said, if we're ignoring the placebo effect, it's like ignoring a huge chunk of healthcare. And as caregivers, he said, we should be using every tool in the toolbox. And so here's what he did. He needed scientific proof. So in the early 2000s, in a collaboration with gastroenterologists studying IBS, right, irritable bowel syndrome. By the way, that's a big deal. There's a lot of people with IBS. Our intestines are messed up. Our minds are messed up. Our bodies are toxic. And IBS is huge. It's a chronic gastrointestinal disorder accompanied by pain and constipation. So here's what they did. The experiment split 262 adults with IBS into three groups, a no-treatment control group, and they were told that they were on a waiting list for treatment. A second group received sham acupuncture without much interaction with the practitioner, and a third group who received sham acupuncture with great attention lavished upon them at least 20 minutes of what Capchuk describes as very, quote, schmaltzy care. Right. You know, the things I'm glad to meet you. Uh, I know how difficult, you know, he that the doctor really went out of his way to show you that he cared. He spent time with you, building a relationship, all that stuff. Right. He was telling people that the treatment I'm going to give you has excellent results. He was really having good bedside manner. And so the practitioners were also required to touch the hands or shoulders of members of the third group and spend at least 20 seconds lost in thoughtful silence. So when a doctor says something to you and you look and he looks at you with silence and pondering what you're saying. This was intentional. So you ready for this? The results were not surprising. The patients who experienced the greatest relief were those who received the most care. Think about this. But in the age of a rushed doctor's visit, packed waiting rooms, it was the first study to show a dose-dependent response Placebo. In other words, the more care people got, even if it was fake, the better they tended to fare. Think about that. No medicinal value at all. But that person felt like the doctor cared about them. That person had a hope because the doctor really built up the treatment. That person felt like that doctor cared about them, that they were special, that there was something that this, they had that this doctor was interested and, could, and felt strong that what he was going to prescribe would solve that problem. See, it all starts with a belief system. And so as I go through in these last two segments and I start breaking down what are the three M's, of living life like it matters. None of that matters unless you believe that you matter. See, it goes down to those existential questions. Why are you here? What's your purpose? If today was your last day on this planet, did it matter one bit that you were given the gift of life? How many people's lives have more value 
today because your life has intersected with their life? How many people have you in their life where they might not have a lot of hope, they might not have a lot of money, they might not have a lot of resources, but they have a you? See, I have someone in my life like a Brett Wassel. I have a, a Mike Taylor. I have a, a Dave Geis. Uh, I have a, a you know, a, a Justin. You know, I have people that when I need, I can go to them. Very few. I know 20,000, 30,000 people intimately. But I got a handful of people I can go to. And I know that I'm in bind. They're there. And I'm that to a lot of people. I have ministries around the world. I have three uh, orphanages in Africa, Uganda, that we support. We're just finishing a home right now, $11,000, and we're going to get 33 children uh, cared for in that home that we're building. We're about uh, about $700 short now. We're getting so close. And then then two million or 33 children will have a brand new home to live. And then Kuwuki. So my point is this. How do you know when it's all said and done? It's important for man to die one time and then comes the judgment. If you want to live your life like it matters, the first thing I do, first of all, believe it does matter. And second, believe that someday you're going to be standing held to account for your life. See, unless you believe that, then what use is there? What difference does it make? But I know that what I want to hear one day when I stand before that bema seat of Christ, I want to hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because I could hear that. Or I could hear the flip side. You're only going to hear basically one or two things. You're either going to hear that or you're going to hear this. I never knew you. But gone for me. And many will say that. But then they'll say, oh, oh, but, oh no, you know me. I was there on Saturday. I was, I was there every Sunday. Remember I went on that mission trip. Remember I worked in the kids uh, daycare program. Remember, man, I never missed a day at church for 25 years. And God says, I will say, I never knew you. You worker of iniquity. Be gone for me. See, ladies and gentlemen, choices have consequences. We like to say, don't tell me what to do with my body. Don't tell me what to do with my life. Well, you know what? God says, I'll tell you what to do. And then I'll let you know how you did. And one day, we're going to stand and be judged. And God says, if you judge yourself, you won't need to judge him. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about living our lives like it matters. And when you come back after the break, I'm going to give you three M's that you need to fulfill if you truly want to live your life like it matters. I'm Black, and we'll be right back. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career. I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. 
Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters. This is where we're living life like it matters. And you know, we need this, ladies and gentlemen, you know, because we are programmed creatures. You got to get this. By the time a child is five years old, um, we're told Dr. Adler, I think it's Alfred Adler, says by the time a child is five years old, a majority of their map of reality is in place. See, we are little meaning makers. And that's what logotherapy is about. Logotherapy is about man's will to meaning. And see, when a little kid is watching things and they're putting together a map of reality, they ask a lot of why questions. See, why is that question that allows you to lift up a rock? Why is such an important question? Let me give you an example. I was at Mall of America this week, uh, enjoying my stay in the Twin Cities. And uh, I saw this gentleman and... uh, I don't know. You know, it's so sad. You know, my first thing was to tell you he was a black gentleman. And then I'm wondering, why does it matter the color of his skin? I'm just telling you, I thought of that to myself. And this is how we're programmed so much. It doesn't matter what color this dude was. But so here's this gentleman. He's, uh, I just come in the door uh, from the parking garage. And I'm watching, and this is big gentleman. He's a pretty big guy, six foot tall, big guy. And this small kid, I don't know if it was son or I assumed it was son. Uh, came behind him and jumped on his back. His dad swung around. I assumed it was dad. These are all assumptions, so I could be wrong. Swung around and, I mean, just lit into him. You don't do that. You and the kid just quivered and just walked away downtrodden. And so this is where I'm, I'm having a conversation with my black, myself. He goes, Black, you should go say something to him. <laughs> Now, here's this big black guy. I'm this little white guy. Uh, and, you know, the, the the culture here, you know, white people are supposed to hate black people. Black people are supposed to hate white people. But I couldn't resist. In my head, I hear the Holy Spirit telling me, go say something to him. Go say something to him. So I go up to him, and I, I put a hand on him because I wanted to defuse in case he gets mad at me or something. I said, hey, man, I'm a teacher. And I really want to be genteel with my voice and soft, not too much eye contact, not too standing tall. I'm working to build rapport with him. And I put a hand on his arm. I said, listen, I'm a teacher. That Your son, I just assumed, is kinesthetic. You know, he jumped on your love. The kinesthetics need touch. Uh, and he, he's basically, that's how they connect with love. And I said, man, uh, when you push a kinesthetic kid away, you say, I don't love you. You have no value. And so I want you to know your son loves you. Uh, and that's just the way he expresses love. So just so you know, I know you got a little upset, but man, just maybe next time say, hey, son, would you would you mind when I'm not paying attention not to jump on my back? Uh, because it really sets me off. And then give him a pat on the shoulder, give him a hug, whatever. And believe it or not, the gentleman was so receptive. He goes, thanks so much, man. And he, he, he calmed down. He relaxed. And, and it was pretty cool. See, we all have something in it for us. We, we wear this hat. What's in it for me? And we've all been programmed. See, this is why I tell you as a warrior, you got to realize that some people are visual. Some people are auditory. Some people are kinesthetic. Lee and I were talking on the break about my mic being too low. And he looks like, he said, are you uncomfortable? You're leaning down. I go, no, I'm kinesthetic. So kinesthetics always got their heads down. They're always, they're always, they're, 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 they're looking down because that's where we store our emotions. That's where we have our self-talk. And for me, I'm like a U2 play and I'm processing my thoughts and my feelings when my eyes are down. And so even though it's down, it allows me to get in touch with my emotions. Motion allows me to get in touch with that that kinesthetic part of myself. That that uh, wolf man, Jack. Hey man, you know that little Barry White. Hey, how are we doing, man? How are we doing? Yeah, yeah. 
It's a little kinesthetic. It's that feel. It's that, that sense, right? We all need a little kinesthetic. But this is where you learn about people, how you understand people. And so what I want you to do is know that you've got to believe that you have value. See, that reason I approached that gentleman is I believed that I could have an impact. I wanted to, I saw some that dad and I assumed I still, I don't have any reason to believe that wasn't his son. The way they interacted, I just saw that and he never corrected me. There was a tense moment where dad was mad. He had a front, he had that angry look on his face as kids walking away. Like, what was he thinking? Why would he do that to me? And I wanted to diffuse that, but I believed that I could help. I believed that what I was willing to share with him, if he would listen to it, would help that relationship. And he took it. I had to be uncomfortable. My heart was beating low through my chest. I didn't know how he was going to take it. Some stranger, especially with what the, 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 our, our, our president wants to pit the races against each other, people of skin color, of no skin color against each other so they can vote Democratic, right? You got to know who you are and why you're here. And that's what I want to do. These last two segments, I want to go in what are the three M's of living life like it matters. And I'm going to tell you right now, the first one is meaning. You have to have meaning. See, this is the thing. Everything we do is driven by a purpose. It's driven by meaning. We might not know it. If you can take anything, even any act that you don't like, if you could meta it down deep enough, you would come out to somebody did something at some level for a positive intent. Now, maybe the what they did was not positive. Maybe they caused a lot of harm. Maybe they did a lot of destruction. But I'm going to tell you, I've, I've been doing this a long time. If I could meta it down deep enough, at some point, uh, there would be some positive intent deep down, even if it was a negative experience. And so what you got to understand is every human being is wearing a WIIFM. What's in it for me? We are selfish creatures. What is the number one most taken picture in the world? You know what it is. It's a selfie. The only reason you know of certain people like Kim Kardashian, Paris Hilton, is because they do something behind closed doors. They think they do it so well that everybody else needs to see it. Right? It's all about them. Remember I told you rule number one about being a leader? It's not about you. However, when you're working on to be a better version of yourself, when you're working on living your life like it matters, I'm going to tell you right now, it's all about you. You are the only person that you can change. You can't change anybody else. It's the Chinese general who had a noble cause, and he wanted to change the world. As he sat down and figured out how he was going to change the world, he realized he had to first start with his own country since he had authority there. As he sat down and figured out how he was going to change his country, he realized he had to first start with his community since he and his family resided in that community. As he sat down and figured out how he was going to change his community, he realized he had to first start with his family since they were pillars of said community. As he sat down and figured out how he was going to change his family, he came to the dawning realization and yes, I am going to quote Michael Jackson. <laughs> it's the man in the mirror. See, he realized that the only person he could change was himself. And as he changed himself, that would affect change in his family. And that change in his family might affect change in his community. And that change in his community might affect change in his country. And that, ladies and gentlemen just might change the world. Who are you running around wanting to change? 
where the only one we can truly change is ourselves. And that change can inspire change in others. Because when you live your life like it matters, it gives other people permission to do the same. Remember, leadership is a loop. You got to flex your pecs, leaders. You've got permission. You've got example. And you've got culture. And unless you live in the house of a hypocrite, unless your mission is to be as hypocritical as possible, when what you do gives other people permission to do the same thing. Parents get that. Yeah, you're older. Yeah, you're the adult. But if you're telling your kids something's wrong and they shouldn't be doing it, then why are you doing it? And if you want to do it, then do it outside of their purview. You don't have to do everything in front of them. You can keep things secret. You can think things hidden. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little feet, where you go. Men don't stumble in a day. Marriages don't crumble in a day. It's a slow fade. And so you got to realize you got to have meaning for your life. Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day and do it again and again and again? What is your purpose? What is your why? If you don't have a why, then when things get tough and they will, when things seem impossible and they will, when you get knocked on your butt and people mock you and discourage you and they will. If you don't have meaning, you're not going to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and hit again. You're not going to find the courage. And see, one thing I learned a long time ago, by definition, courage requires the presence of fear. By definition, you cannot have courage without the presence of fear. And see, this is why having meaning is so important. Because if your meaning has anything to do with God of the Bible, the God of the universe, then that Bible tells you that if you love God, then the world's going to hate you. If you're on God's mission, then this world is going to do everything it can to get you off mission. We live in a country where our president now believes that the biggest threat to our country are white Christians, are people of the books. That should scare every human being in America right there that we're told that men don't matter and look at the mess we're in because if men start believing that they don't matter why do you think so many men are wanting to be women let's be honest have you ever thought about that one why this whole transgender thing is why all of a sudden now it's up to two percent or something one percent you would think it was 30 or 40%. It's like 1% or 2% transgender. Here you got men told all for the decades that they don't matter, that they're the cause of everything, that it's your fault. I wonder why we're seeing all these young people that are boys, that were born male, who now want to be female because they've got meaning. They've been told all their life that male is bad. Just like now we're teaching our kids that white is bad. Just like now we're teaching that black is victim. Ladies and gentlemen, we give meaning, and that meaning drives everything. So as a leader... If you want to live your life like it matters, the first thing you got to do is find that meaning for your life and make sure it is your meaning, not the world's meaning. I am Black. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we'll talk about the three M's of living life like it matters. We'll be right back.
Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And yes, if you want to know more detail about what I talk about on this radio show daily, then go to likeitmatters.net. We just finished Team 235 here in the great uh, Twin Cities. Our next class will be July 21st through 23rd in Dallas-Fort Worth. They're always a Thursday through Saturday. Uh, You show up at 4 p.m. at our hotel and you're out the door by on Thursday and you're out the door on Saturday by five. So 48 hours. And I guarantee you it will change your world. Uh, because I go to the inside, I go to the core, I go to who you are. Uh, and so uh, uh, please, if you want to check it out, if you want to live your life like it matters, if you want to get cleaned up, if you want to get your mind right, your heart resuscitated, go to likeitmatters.net. Uh, August will be in Vegas uh, in September. I think we're back in uh, um, uh, Vegas as well. Uh, and then uh, we'll be in Dallas after that. We might come back to Twin Cities in December, the first week in December. So check it out. LikeItMatters.net. Today we're talking about the three M's of L-L-L-I-M. In other words, the three M's of living life like it matters. And the first one is meaning. You've got to have meaning for your life. you got to realize you're special. You're unique. There is nobody else that's been given the pl- plan that you have. No one has your fingerprints. No one has your DNA. No one has your, your gait. Uh, no one, there are so many traits, 40-some traits now that we can identify that are unique unto each individual. And so is your trauma. So is your drama. So is your frame. So is your map of reality. And so what you got to do is give it meaning. Uh, no one responds to reality. We respond to our map of reality. That's the key. What do you believe? And what are you willing to put on the line for it? Which brings us to the second M, which is method. You got a meaning. You got a purpose. You know why you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day, do it again and again and again. Uh, that's your why, right? But a why without a how is just a feel-good statement. A why without a how is just a t-shirt slogan. A why without a how just buys you a little bit of time. You've got to have the why and the how. Remember, one is the left side of the brain, one is the right side. One is leadership, one is management. You got to realize one is dealing with the past and things up until now, and one is dealing with the future and things up until now. What is your method? How? How are you going to do this? Without the how... The why really doesn't matter because you're not doing anything about it. That's where James said, faith without works is dead. Where Paul said, uh, you are justified by faith alone, through Christ alone, by grace alone, the Bible alone, to the glory of God alone, the five solas of the Reformation. But I want to tell you right now, they are not saying different things. They're saying the same thing with a different context. What James is saying is if you really changed, if you really were born again, then your insides are different. And you know what? When you change the insides, then what comes out is different too. 
And so when you change the inside, then what comes out of the inside into the outside is different. That's what James meant. Faith without works is dead. You got to know your how. There are three questions of clear vision. Leaders, write this down. If you're driving, don't stop driving. Focus on the road. Go to likeitmattersradio.com when you're done with your drive, and you can listen again. Lee gets it up pretty quick. So you need to know three questions of clear vision. One, where am I now? Two, where am I going? Three, what will it take to get there, and how long? See, we're called to question ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not questioning yourself, then you are not living your life with purpose. Paul tells us to question ourselves to see if we're still in the faith. God tells us that if you judge yourself, in other words, you question, what do you think judging is? Have you ever been to court? Have you ever seen a judge ask you questions? Have you ever heard an attorney ask you questions? They're questioning you. And the right questions will bring around the right answers. One of the keys to leaders is learn to ask the right questions because questions move somebody mentally. And the right question will move someone's vision to move in the right direction. And leaders, that's on us. So you got to have method. You got to know your starting point. Because I don't care how clear your destination is. If you don't know your starting point, you can't get to there from here. I used to travel with a Garmin. And so I take my Garmin inside. I type an address. I could get it to that that dash four digit on the zip code. But every once in a while, even though I put that dash four digit on the zip code, it could not give me directions. You know why? Because the satellite could not locate me inside of my house. And the satellite does not know what my starting point is. No matter how specific my end point is. You ready for this? You can't get to there from here. You got to know your starting point. You got to be honest with yourself. And a lot of people avoid honesty because it hurts. Remember, Jesus Christ has said that truth will set you free. But it was Garfield who said, but first, it's going to make you miserable. But reading that good book, we know that there might be misery right now. But last time I checked, joy comes in the morning. You got my point? So you got to know the method. You got to know how. That's what clear vision is. What are those steps to get you from where you are now to where you're going? Each action step that you do, goals, should have three parts. What is to be accomplished? Be specific. What resources are needed to accomplish this? And what time frame will this be accomplished? Each one of your goals, each one of your vision steps, each one of your building blocks, each one of your rungs to your ladder, each stepping stone must clearly be defined. What is to be accomplished? Be specific. What resources are needed to accomplish this time, resources, material? And when will this be accomplished? Date and time specific. So you know your meaning, your why. You know your method, your how. Now, you got to get a mantra. You got to get a mantra. See, we're all programmed creatures. The right word at the right time will change someone's life. The wrong word at the right time, if someone allows it, will destroy them. And some of us have gotten words of discouragement all of our lives. I did not say encouragement. I said discouragement. You know, interesting, the word encourage, I'm an etymologist by trade, means actually to put courage into somebody. That's what you do when you encourage somebody. You give them strength. You put courage in them. But let's be honest. 
Our president is the chief executive dis encourager. Man, if you're not gay or black and liberal, uh, he wants nothing to do with you. And you're the biggest problem facing this country. And that's stunning to me. I'm okay with all those other things. Uh, It's between you and God. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life because it's important for a man to die one time. Then comes a judgment. I'll encourage you. I'll give you some input and opinion if you want it. What's your mantra? Dr. Caroline Leaf in the study of epigenetics says that we have 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day. What are you doing with your thought life? Your thought life. What are you saying yourself over and over? What is that narrative? What is that program? What is the BS? You've got to take a look at your self-talk. What are those 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day that you're having? And most of them are destructive. Before I open that door in my classroom, I have a mantra. I say there are three scriptural verses that I remind myself who I am and who I'm not. Greater is he who is in me than he was in the world. Number one. Number two, in my weakness, his strength is perfected. Number two. And then number three, I must decrease so he can increase. That's my mantra. It reminds me of what I'm supposed to be doing. What's your mantra? What are you going to do today to make it matter that you were live, that you lived? How are you going to make today a better day than yesterday? What type of parent are you going to be? What type of spouse are you going to be? The average person has over thirty to 60,000 thoughts per day, and through an uncontrolled thought life, we create the conditions for illness. We make ourselves sick. Research shows that fear all on its own triggers more than 1,400 known physical and chemical responses and activates more than 30 different hormones. You've got to change the program. You've got to change the narrative. And that's why if you notice where Facebook won't even let the news come out, where Biden and state-run media tell you what to think, and they hide stories about Hunter Biden, they hide stories about us shipping oil to China, they hide stories about all the misconduct, financial, and all that between China and Biden, because they don't want you to have any remorse about hating Trump. They got to make sure that you know anybody but Trump was always the right thing. And so you've got to believe January 6th was an insurrection. You got to believe there was no election fraud. You got to believe that white supremacists are the biggest threat to this country. And if you don't believe that narrative, they have no power over you. What is the narrative in your head? What drives you? What makes you get out of bed with a swing in your gate and fire in your belly? And what makes you not want to get out of bed and i'm gonna tell you what the difference is your narrative you've got to have a narrative get a good mantra of who you are of why you're here of who you are and where you're going and if you need some help and we all need it don't just listen to this radio show daily at likeitmattersradio.com but go to likeitmatters.net so i can help you maximize the potentials you were created with i am black This is Leading Under Construction, and my goal is to remind you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.